Um, hey guys, we're back at it again with another So Here's the Tea podcast. Um, when he's got his life in order, we finally get my co-host back. What's good, Israel? How you doing? Hey ladies, what's good? Be ready. Yeah. Um, and again, as promised, we said we were going to do a part two and we are here. We're keeping our promises. We've got Mr. Cassius Cobson down at the bottom. In the building. <laughs> the building. Yes. How are you? <laughs> How you feeling, bro, after last last week? I feel good. You know, I'm ready for this part two. You know, all the ladies, all the gentlemen out there, they've got to hear this. All the young youths got to hear this. All the oldies got to hear this too. Because it's, it's good. important message that we all got 100%. to bring to the world. Man. So, uh, let's go. Let's get it. And... I'm so happy to have him um, on the podcast. Um, a really good, true friend of mine. We have got bliss in the place to be. What's good, bro? Come on. I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. It's, a, it's an interesting day. Yo. I'm going to have a, a, a lively discussion. So, lively. Yeah, yeah, come on. <laughs> I'm sure you'll be hearing a lot of that, guys. Lively. That's his little stamp. We'll see if it comes back. <laughs> um, so, guys, I literally just want to kind of give the floor to you um and uh, maybe starting from jamal um i hope this records how i want it to record so we're gonna go jamal um jamal probably cast endless um so yeah jamal what 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 experiences have you had as a a black man growing up or like at this point in time like how are you feeling what are your experiences i just would i would love for you to share um something of just something you've experienced man yeah, I feel like a lot of, just like a lot of, you know, people at the moment, my heart is kind of aching at the sight of yeah. the kind of things, that, you know, when black people are going through kind of worldwide and not even right now, people, that, things that black people have been going through because none of this is new. None of this is new and it hasn't come up in the last couple of years. This is decades, centuries of mistreatment and abuse you know like I mean all the way you can date this shit all the way back to slavery yeah do you know what I mean like this none of this is I don't think any of this is um like I said new me personally I've not actually had many um I've not had any experiences that kind of come close to half the stuff that I've seen as a young black um person growing up in like a you know, first world country, growing up in London, I've never really experienced much discrimination, which, you know, I have to be grateful for myself. But obviously, there are so many people that are going through that. And it's just, you know, I feel like I try and think of more ways each day to kind of do my part, to try and help. Yeah. Um, you know, just, I, sorry, go for it. No, I was just, you know, sometimes I just feel so, like, helpless. I don't know. And I know not many people feel like that, but I, I don't, I don't really have as much as a stance as I'd like to. And that's me being completely honest. I'm not going to lie. That's me being completely honest with everybody in the room. <laughs> I don't really have much of, like, a a strongly opinionated stance when it comes to this kind of topic but then I feel like that kind of just goes back to not 
haven't gone through so many experiences obviously I feel strongly about what I'm seeing Mm -hmm. but it's not something I can relate to personally can I ask you a question then because um I know you are a very empowered strong gay black man um are there within your um within your friendship groups or conversations that you have or just within the LGBT community alone do you notice like a racial divide within that community because I know for me personally I've seen or read a few kind of interesting um uh blogs I guess um have you or any of your friends have you experienced any anything of the sort a divide of some sort when I end within that community because obviously being gay is also considered as a kind of um, uh, minority in a sense whereas you know it's not a white cis heterosexual male kind of thing Mm. Um, I wouldn't say there's much of a racial divide because I would like because we're all kind of minorities I feel like that kind of glues us together but I do feel like there's definitely a lot of um fetishized I can never say this word fetishization did she get it right I don't know (laughs) is that how you say it sis that's the word, fetishization. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's the word. Fetishization, that's the word. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, no, I've realised there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of that, like a lot of, like, you know, being black is kind of um, a sexual preference for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> and like I think, that, yeah. and, and, and that alone really is, is, is covert racism because... Yeah. Oh, you're there, yeah, you, you know, you want to know the secrets. Is it true about a black man? Is, is that sort of... Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You want to know how good this chocolate skin feels? How sweet it tastes? <laughs> <laughs> like, so sometimes, obviously... Hey, obviously, sweet, honey. You know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> she got the Carmack. <laughs> well, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> But it's, you know, it's some, like, I've noticed, especially like, I don't know how familiar you guys are with um, the app called Grindr. Oh, yep. Yeah, I don't know, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, it's a gay dating app, let's say. It's a gay dating app where guys kind of meet. Um, <laughs> Yeah, guys kind of me and yeah, but you have profiles on there basically and a lot of people kind of specify, they will even specify like, oh, black and mixed only or no black, but it's like, you know, you'll still get, you also with that, you'll get like no chubs, no, yeah. you might even get no whites, you know, stuff like that. Um, so I feel like, you know, there is still that kind of line of discrimination. Yeah. But you have but, you, but you're kind of like not really on the receiving end of that. Yeah, well, I mean, I've been on the receiving end of the criticization. Okay. <laughs> and it's rude. It is rude because it does make you feel like, well, if I didn't have this, you know, chocolate mulatto skin girl, where would you be? Yeah. You know, kind of thing. But yeah, it's, yeah. I think that's a big a big deal and especially I I mean I hear it a lot I've heard, I've had conversations um 
with well I've had a conversation I should say with a uh, an older white lady who mm-hmm. um wanted to explore just gonna put it out there just like that. I just wanted to explore and ha- um, ended up well, explore more Africa to safari. <laughs> <laughs> you stop it. <laughs> oh, my word. Oh, my word. Oh, my word. Oh, my word. You know what she means. Well, she wanted to pounce, baby. I don't know. I don't know if it was a... She wanted to know about them giraffes, man. She wanted to know if there was actually kangaroos in the safari. <laughs> Um, um, if you see me just if you see me like um if you like sometimes my camera's off and I've got like hay fever um and I think they call it jungle fever, but that's another thing. Anyway, oh, them ones there. Um so yeah, <laughs> it's it's a... Jumanji, one and only. I'm with you. Um, <laughs> so yeah, she um she 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 got what she wanted, I guess. Um Mad. but then Mad. like one way ticket. Sorry, sorry. It, like she got what she wanted and was never to hear from him again essentially and she ended up feeling used and I said to her I questioned her I was like why do you feel used because you wanted to experience a black man so why do you feel because your intention yeah there you go why your intention was to jump a black man and you did to use a black man and to you use did. exactly so i the the hypocrisy was just on a hundred i didn't understand how she could with chest come to me and say oh i've never i've never had a black man before oh that's really cheeky that's really right, cheeky Sally. i think that's quite rude to be honest yeah and i, I did I, like numerous times i was like so you're aware who you're talking to and what you are saying, right? And which, unfortunately, okay. she was constantly in hot water for what she said and how she said certain things. So mm. um, it's, it's, she's, um. Did you wear shin pads when you slide tackled her? Pardon? <laughs> yeah, there was. Yeah, I, bl- I, bl- I blinged it up as well. They, they had studs on the shin pads. Trust me. <laughs> oh, that one. You know what? It's really funny you say that because for me, um, I kind of just sat there and initially, if someone was to pose that that situation to me, I would be like, mm. I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna uh uh uh. But when you're in that situation, my my the the main thing I just wanted to get through to her was educate this bitch like educate her what the hell and i just and it just it just was innate it just was coming out just you can't do this and you can't say that and she she didn't get it she didn't you know she didn't last long in my my particular circle either not that she (laughs) in the type of circle but yeah it's it's, so I, i i totally get the whole you know black skin fetish it's it's it makes you feel like such an object yeah 100 it really does it makes you feel like such an object especially when guys like a couple guys i've been messaged by white guys saying oh i love black boys like bitch 
what the fuck yeah like, what does that mean start conversation like what does that even mean yeah and how do you what do you want me to say to that okay yeah that's i, I, I don't I, do you know what i mean you know what it is you know what it is go for it like sorry to interject but it's it's wanting justification because both points that you both made right i feel that like um you know jamal what you were saying with that guy who's said to you I love black men and you know Santana that lady who's like I've never experienced black men they want you to be the, the one to help them justify their madness because I don't think they understand that it's madness from conce- from conception yeah, they think they're correct definitely. let me start on, on on what you were saying Jamal you know just like it's crazy to know that like okay if he's like I like black men he wants you to be like I oh, really yeah Cool. What is it exactly? Like you treating you like you're a drop down menu. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't make any any sense Ooh. to me. And then Santana, what you were saying, but I've that, never that just let me let me like, let me just absorb <laughs> that. Like you're a drop down menu, sis. Did we Whoa. get that? Hey. No, I'm sorry. Did we get that? Miss ma'am, can we do a retake? Did we get that? He said, treating you like a... Just a second. Like click. Yeah, 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 just... I'm done. Yeah, that is wild. <laughs> we love that track. <laughs> that is wild. That proper just was like, I totally get yeah. that. I felt that, man, in my twist. Sorry, resume. Sorry, my I don't feel like I've been able to relate. To no, 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 it's cool because it, it's literally like that. It's literally yeah. like that. Like, the person you were saying, you know, Santana, about, oh, is it true? Is it true that the streets smell of the abs that they cook in the back garden? Like some shit. Like it don't, it don't, it, don't, it doesn't yeah. make any sense to me that you want. Do you want me to be like, yeah, 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 cool? You know, I, I, I totally, totally with you there. Yeah, it's really true. You know, it doesn't make any logical sense that their justification. Like I was on Instagram the other day, and it's, it's going to be unfortunate if that individual comes to watch this because yes, I'm talking about you, mate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they were they were literally wanting their justification for calling uh, the, the you know what was going on in people's stories the Black Lives uh, Matter tag five friends or something like that justifies that you're against racism and you called it a challenge and I picked I picked that individual ah. up about it right I picked that individual up about it it was um let me just say it was another male you know I put it out there you know I, I picked him up about it and. The fact of the matter is, I just literally said, nah, man, this ain't it. How are you going to call it a challenge? You know, and, you know, like, my eyebrow was raised and everything. And, and he come back with some long, long message back to me. And, it, you know, he was trying to say that, you know, I, I disagree. I disagree with the fact that, you know, um, um, you know, it, it's being put in people's stories and whatnot. But I said to him, you're contradicting yourself because you, in your prior story, reposted it and tagged four other friends. Okay, one of them who was racist, and not gonna, we're not going to go into that story, but um, I'm sure you, you guys all know about it. Um, but uh, you tagged four friends, and you're telling me that it's it neither good, ne- neither is it bad. So it's like, well, who you, why are you telling me something? Because I'm, I'm a black man telling you something. Yeah, just because I said, you know, I said to him, you might have other black people on your page who hasn't said anything, but at the end of the day, I'm the one speaking up to you about it. So what should have came this out of him? Like, oh, sorry, yeah. I didn't understand that. But he replied yeah. back to him with another 
thing trying to justify himself. And I think this is the, this is the cases. I ignored him after that because this is the cases that we find ourselves in. I'm, and I'm not surprised, um, you know, Jamal, and I'm not surprised, Santana, that you both said these, these things. It's justification that they want. And when we, they don't give it, they will try to go round the roundabout or go off Junction 14 or try and go on some next motorway to try and see if they can still get But do you know why that's the case? I think, I think, I think, I think, because I, I get it, but we're still being quite surface level, innit? I think you've got to go to the root of the issue. Like, let's be honest. Like, so even, so Jamal, so, because I was listening, I've been listening, because I've got my laptop in front of me, because people are sending me messages, but I'm also really listening in to what's going on here. And Jamal, you said something very interesting. You said, um, you spoke about empathising for the plight of the black male as a black male. So you were very honest. You said that you, you empathise with it and you see why it's an issue, but at the same time, you don't know how to have a strong stance on it. You said that, right? And it's interesting. What's, what's interesting <clears> to <throat> me is this. This is more of a conversation about the emotional literacy of humanity. And I'm sorry to put it, I know this is like flipping out. Am I going to go there? No, yes, it needs I am to go there. Go there. Take because it. the emotional literacy of humanity is this. We... We haven't learned as a people how to really carry the burdens of one another. I mean this. Watch this. If, let's say there was a fight going on outside and it was between, you know, a Turkish community and the Turkish community, community being attacked by another people group, were being attacked by British people. By virtue of the fact that those people are human beings, that becomes my issue. If, if we're playing on a level playing field. The reason why I'm saying that is because Jamal, because you haven't experienced it deeply in that sort of way, you did be, you were honest yeah. and you said, I do not take a passionate stance about it. I, I, I know it's wrong. I'm sure when you saw um, George Floyd, you were emotional. I'm sure it affected oh you. But you, you, yeah. but you, yeah, you affect, it affected you, isn't it? But you then, but yeah. like today you have said, honestly, and you've been very honest in saying this, and it's actually quite refreshing, you said, but I don't actually take a strong stance. Now watch this. You are a black male. Imagine what it's like to not even be a black male, okay, to watch that and then be expected to have a strong stance. I'm deliberately being very controversial here, deliberately being controversial yeah. because you've just said that just now as a black man. Now, yeah. I think whoever you are, whoever you are, if you are a human being and you are seeing, you know, um, people being treated like animals, you're seeing black people being treated like animals live on TV yeah. or on social and media. It becomes, yeah. it becomes, it becomes an your, issue. Yeah. And it becomes yeah. your yeah. thing because it's not good enough to not be racist. It's not, it's important to be anti-racist. It's important to say, yeah. flipping out, that happens, that's wrong, and I'm actively against it, right? But until mm -hmm. we value a black life, until as, you know, humanity, until we value black lives in the same way that, you, that we value all lives, okay, it's not going to happen. Mm. And even this fetishization stuff, mm. it's, that's just the fruit of the root of something that says black people are animals. If we be real, if we be real, really mm -hmm. where that comes from is the whole thing of, you know, hypersexualization, um, hypermasculinity. They are big, they are strong, and they are somewhat jungle-like, that whole notion in and of itself mm -hmm. originates, where does it really originate from? Where does it really originate from? Mm -hmm. And I'm just here to be, I'm just here to not mince any of my words. When you look at it in America, I was talking to my boy about this. Look, ideologies are more powerful than laws. Let me I'll tell you what I mean. Let me tell you what I mean. If, let's say, me, Jamal, and Cassius, 
let's say we hate people with curly hair. Sorry, Santana. Let's say we hate people with curly hair. Mm -hmm. So, okay, so we, we hate people mm -hmm. with curly hair, yeah? And we spend our time chasing people with curly hair, calling them names, throwing stuff at them, doing whatever. And we spend time behind closed mm -hmm. doors talking about how much we hate people with curly hair. Then all of a sudden they say, it's now illegal mm -hmm. to hate people with curly hair. What happens? Mm -hmm. We feel, in exactly, mm -hmm. we feel exactly the same way. We just do it privately and we just do it covertly. You put a law mm -hmm. in place to stop people from doing mm -hmm. something, it doesn't change what's actually going on. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. So when we're seeing yeah. a man on Twitter, mm -hmm. when we're seeing someone die on social media, we're sitting there thinking, this is crazy. He's being treated mm -hmm. like an animal. But what we're really seeing, we're seeing in 2020 mm -hmm. what would have been normal 300 years ago. What would it's have just been, been televised. Normal. It's just mm -hmm. been televised. Yeah. It's, mm -hmm. it's a deeper issue, and I think if we're gonna mm -hmm. talk about it, let's actually talk about it. Do you know what I mean? Sorry. You can't just we can't just skirt around. Mm -hmm. and, um, Come on, let's go. This links into where this links <clears throat> into the very small bit of influence that people like me and Santana have. The very small bit in the big scheme of things, mm -hmm. we are leaders in education, but in the grand scheme of things, that's quite small. Mm -hmm. But there's a reason why we hold a certain mm -hmm. standard when we're at work. There's a reason why we mm -hmm. you know, do our jobs in the way we do it, the way we have the conversations with students, because we value you and we're trying to show you guys that you guys deserve to be treated in this way. Our hope in doing that is that when mm -hmm. you guys are citizens and, and, and doing what you're doing 10 years, 20 years down the line, you hold yourselves well as well. So it becomes, it becomes a, um, a, you know, do you know what I'm trying to say? It becomes a generation yeah. thing. So mm -hmm. if we're going to talk about it, let's yeah. talk about it, innit? You understand? That's what, that's my thing. If we're going to, mm. if we're going to talk about it, let's actually talk about mm. it properly. You know? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, please. You know what? I'm ready with these two fire points, Santana, you know? My man's ready. Go, on, go for I'm it. What have you, what have you gone through? What are you feeling? Go for it. Okay. So the first, I'm going to give you two points. One was being um, stopped from search by police, and the other one was uh, my racial abuse that I received when I was in school, specifically from say, year three on to year 11. But the point I'm going to talk about is year five. That was the biggest. Now, um, I'm going to start with that first. <coughs> year five, uh, I had a teacher who was um, undoubtedly racist. Now, uh, she was from Sheffield, okay, and um, I'm not going to say her name just for uh, security reasons because I know how that can that can look. So, but anyway, I, I, I'll explain, right? Um, you know, and I I started that that school because I actually ended up moving um, uh, to a different section of London, and um, you know, I went to that I went to uh, that school, and um, you know, on a on a daily basis, right? I, would, I would always remember throughout that whole academic year, and for people who may be watching this in another side of the world, uh, uh, September to, you know, early July is when um, the whole academic school year would be for one year. Okay. And um, it was from September all the way up until, uh, I'd say, I think maybe, maybe May, you know, end of April, coming to May, right? And I'd noticed different changes in what was happening in the class. The class was all, you know, sat all mixed you know, whites next to the black people and Asian people next to... The, it was just all, all multiculturalism in that one class, right? Okay? Yeah. Now, the whole school had that multiculturalism, but it was predominantly white. Now, I've been to different schools where it's been mostly Asian. I've been to schools where it's been uh, uh, quite a lot of black people uh, or quite a lot of Mediterranean people. You know, I've been into schools where there's a lot of different people. So I've encountered quite a lot from a, a young age. 
what I saw in 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 um in in that time in year five is that when things would happen in the class, we had a stage system, and you know you'd have stage one, stage two, you know those are the normal stages. Stage three means you know you might be kept back for maybe five minutes or whatnot. Stage four, you get sent to another class. Stage five, you get sent to the head teacher. Stage six, you're basically excluded. Now. Um, okay. I remember on the stage system, my name would come up a lot. A couple of my other um, black brothers, their name would come up as well. Black sisters as well. I know some, some, some white people, but it was less than the, uh, the black people on the list. Right, okay, cool. I can understand that. But then when I started, I started to see the different parallels in terms of whose name would go straight to stage two as opposed to stage one. Or who's, if there was a white person on there, how far their stages would get to. It would never get past the stage three system. We would get past the stage three system onto stage four, being uh, sent to a different classroom. I started to see this, and then within the classroom, I also started to see, um, you know, it would be these people being moved, being these black people being moved to this side of the class, you know, and sitting on uh, that side of the table. Then there was one boy I was friends with, and he was white, and we were really good friends. And I remember he used to sit on our table, someone else used to sit on our table, they were, he was moved. And I remember one, you know, and, and I remember parents even in, <clears throat> my parents even report was much worse than, say, someone else's. And, and, and I knew that my parents even in report was going to be worse because of the way I was treated with inside um, the school. So I said to myself, right, okay, okay, I, I feel this is wrong, but I don't know how to articulate it. And at the time of being in year five, I don't know, I was probably about, you know, 10, 9, maybe something like that. I yeah. But yeah. around that age, and I'm starting to really, really, really try and see, okay, this, this seems so wrong to me. What, I, what ended up happening was I would get in trouble at home. I would get in trouble, so in big trouble at home for the way that I would be acting in school. Why are you on the stage four again, class? Why are you going on stage three? Now you're going to be on, you know, you're nearly going to see the head teacher. Da, 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 where it's like I'm trying to articulate. I'm, I'm like, if I do something in the class, I would go straight to stage two, where I get sent over here as opposed to being... Uh, going through a, a, a necessary system or giving a warning. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? I know there's process and protocol for the teachers to, uh, to follow, you know, and it's just like when a system, uh, just like as you were saying, um, name's Bliss, when a system is, is um, g given to people at conception and it's normal to them, but when some, something has been cut, literally cut without people being, I, I want to vote in, 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 in this, they just do it behind closed doors. So what would happen in the classroom is my parents wouldn't see what was happening. No other person would see what's happening outside the classroom. So here's where the problem, the issue happened. That all of this stuff was happening. You can imagine how much it built, it built up. We're in May now. I came into the class one time and uh, there was someone in the class who always had anger, he always had anger management issues and different types of problems. And um, he, he, he must have been saying, you know, uh, the N word so many times and thinking, no, that's unacceptable. You can't be saying that. His helper would say, I'm sorry, kick him out of the school. Kick him out of the school. I'm sorry, why is it that if, if I said something which is so out of tone towards a white person or towards anybody other than the skin colour and culture of my own, I would probably be kicked out. It doesn't matter yeah. if you've got this issue or that yeah. issue. At the end of the day, yeah. even if we as black people have any mental health issues, what's going to happen? They don't care about that. They will kick us out. It does not matter. But if it's a white person, okay, ah, don't do that. No, 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 you'll be sent Everything out. starts to be brought into consideration. They look at his needs. And, and the wildest thing is as well, we yeah, the wildest thing is as well, is like, you're 
equally eight, nine, ten years old, where do you know this this language from? So then that opens mm-hmm. up the conversation to where, where do you get that where, from, where, do you, where do you get that from? And I've worked in yeah. primary schools. I've exactly right. I've worked in primary schools Parents. and yeah. I've had to have them horrible conversations. I've had to I've had to be that teacher to be like, that was wrong, but they only know it to be a slur. The parents know one not to not to glamorize that. Yes, you're in closed doors, but really, what you're just you're teaching your child. That's taught, and we've had this conversation. That mm. behavior, that language is taught. Mm, so it's, it's a conversation. It's yeah, but it's a, it's a it's a it's a horrible conversation I've had to have with with parents, and mm. they can't they can't do or say anything to me they're just uh, 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 stutters that's all they can do yeah that's all they can do that's all they can do when they're they're confronted it is that well when we get home when me and little timmy get home we will have a conversation conversation (laughs) about what (laughs) but you know what i want to throw this out here i want to throw this out here because um you know, we live in an age where everyone wants to learn and people want to change the way they think. We live, there's a bit of a, you know, a bit of a movement now going on around, you know, change the way you think, you know, even affirmations mm-hmm. and changing mm-hmm. self-image and also oh, yeah. changing the way you see things. That's, that's a bit of a movement that's been for the last 10 years or whatever. The reality, though, is this. These parents grew up in a time where it was sanctioned to be racist. You need to remember, they grew up in a time where racism was normal. Racism was part of the furniture. Mm-hmm. In actual fact, when I lived in Hertfordshire, when yeah, I moved from Kilburn to West London, I moved mm-hmm. from Kilburn to Hertfordshire. When I first moved to Hertfordshire, I was racially abused in Hertfordshire by travellers. By travellers. I tried to fight travellers and my friend said, don't fight travellers. He told me, don't, do not fight those travellers because they are crazy. I didn't care. I was trying to fight them. Then like 10 of them appeared out of nowhere and I wasn't trying to fight them. But the point, the point I'm trying to make is the whole thing of like, you know, racism at its root is just ignorance is pure is is ignorance and hatred is ignorance and hatred is the hatred of other is the hatred of other you understand and i think it's like um yeah it what we're talking about we're talking about the stories where we've seen it manifest whether that be in school whether that be at you know work or whatever but it's like until you get to the actual ideology well god this stuff is gonna i've got friends whose parents are racist and they are they are ashamed of their parents. I'm sure you know people. Yeah, you know. Yeah, In fact, you probably yeah, even know someone yeah. that that really pertains to. Do you understand? Yeah. So it's like the thing where there's a thing where the the positive and the only that's the throw this in here is the fact that the next generation there's going to be a lot less racist people. But I'm going to be real. I'm not going to be satisfied until until it isn't even until the whole world are just against it. Because the next gen of is going to be less racist people. As it moves forward, mm-hmm. but each time I, I we like see something moves, like this, is mad, you know. I feel like it will, it will, like you said, it will change and evolve as we, as time goes on, as each generation comes and goes. But then I feel like it is the job and the not even the job, it is the responsibility and the, the the duty of the generations before who are there while they are growing up to obviously, you know, like teachers and parents. Even you know, I've got youngest like siblings and younger cousins who who I always try to show a good example to in that sense so that you know they they have something mm. to 
there's something to look at and go, okay, that is what kind of, you know, I should be doing. That is what I should not be doing kind of thing. And they grow up with that. And yeah. then what they learn from their experiences, they'll pass them to whoever comes after them. Do you know what I mean? But what, I want to know what you're asking. Mm. I want to know specifically, you're saying that it should be the role of who, though? I want to, you're saying it should be it the, should role be the role of, of the us. older generation. Of us, oh, you're saying of be, us. It, Within the so next you know generation. You, you know oh, how facts, you yeah, 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 facts, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, people who are, you know, young children who are still in school and stuff. It is our generation, it is yep. our, um, sorry, job. Even, as, even though we are, for example, you and I, uh, or even Santana and I, we're from slightly different generations. Where we are from a slightly different, we're close, but we're from a slightly mm. different time. Different yeah. generation, you know yes, I mean? yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's yeah. like even when we were, when when we were like, I don't know, how old am I? How old are you? Yeah. Okay. Well, let me do the math. I'm thinking. Wait, wait. wait. Uh, yeah. Like when we were, you know, young, I'm eight years older than you. Nine. Yes. Yeah, so when we were like nine and six. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> when I. <laughs> Um, no, okay, when I was like five, around those times, even younger, and let's say you were 13, for example, the people who you were around, the people you were around, it was their responsibility to show you a certain type of way, and I'm sure they did. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Just how it was, just how, as you, in a few years' time, you might, you might get to 16 or 17, and I'm 12 or however old. Do you know what I mean? And... I think I think we. I think now I think as a generation, though, I think mine and Santana's generation, we kind of had a bit of a light bulb moment. I think it's the thing where I think we're the first generation to be as self-aware. Oh, Even the way we can I talk about our emotions, know. the way we can talk about our emotions is something in the previous generations was completely unheard of. So I think we're the mm. first generation to actually get this on a deeper level. Um, and I actually think that's why we're going to see, that's why we're so outraged. That's why we're going to see the amount of change we're going to see in the next couple of years, because we actually have a voice and we use it. Whereas previous generations didn't have a voice. I mean, for them, it was pushing, hey, we can get jobs just like those people. We can get professional jobs. We can get high paying jobs. We can exactly, work in, yeah. if we can, we can work in specialist fields. We can be lawyers, we can be doctors, we can be teachers. We can be, that, that was the push then. Like the push was getting in. Now that we're yeah. in, the push we're now in. for me yes. and Santana, but for me and Santana is a slightly different push. Now it's like, now that we're in, how do we function effectively and how do we destroy inequality? They weren't even I'm in before. About, yeah, and now we're in. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's all about in. levels, isn't it? So they, the last generation uh -huh. gave us the baton to get in, now we're in, how do we give you guys the baton to actually thrive? Because it's one thing being in the room, is another thing knowing you're in the room. And I'm not yeah, trying to be present. Being present in the room, because like, even like my boy was talking about, this is mad, if I go here, my boy was saying this, my boy said, it's like, I said this to my boy, because we're being real on this. I'm mm -hmm. gonna say what I said to him. He was talking about slavery, and how when slavery ended, and know what I said to him? I said, if I studied, if I studied right. psychology, if I studied psychology, yeah, and I was a therapist, right, I would look uh -huh. at someone who grew up in an abusive home, right, and I would say, flipping hell, that person yeah. needs professional help in order to be able to function well in society. If I was looking at one person, right, 
It's controversial what I'm going to say, because I'm, I'm here now. It's controversial. Now, imagine thinking about that, okay, for an entire people group. Let me actually explain what I'm trying to say here. Entire race. If no, you've I'm been maligned for, if you've been maligned for 300 years, because I'm talking about America, because obviously something happened in America, so I'm talking about specifically in America. So for 400 years, you've been enslaved, you've been sold, you're smaller than, your women have been raped, you've been, you've been treated substandard, you've been sold, you've had no rights, you've been, you know, you've been woken up day and night, you've been abused physically, mentally, on every level. And then they say, you're free. Okay, um, what, my question, my question is, my question is, are we surprised, are we surprised at the behaviours that we're seeing in certain parts of society in America? What no. I mean by that is, are we surprised no. by the way, in, the brokenness no. of the way in which African Americans behave? Do you understand? No, And then what happens, broken. you look at the justice system, you look at the justice system and it's like, okay, the, the, the prison figures are crazy. But then what happens is labelled, oh, well, they're just thugs. Oh, well, they're just... It's like, hang about. Do you understand what they've been through? If, you, if any therapist would tell you that trauma is generational, do you, like, if you actually deep what's going on here, what we're seeing is like, well, of course. And that's why in here in Britain, if you look at people like me and like Santana, a lot of the things that we're encouraging on a certain level is like, okay, cool, be open. If some, if I, if I meet a, like me, I'm a rapper. The whole the system of rap is all about boom. We don't say how we're just mm, aggressive. Da, da, da. I'm going up to man and saying, "Yo, tell me how you feel. How do you actually feel?" Chat to me. Chat to me. It's deliberate. That's why I'm saying it's a very deliberate thing because I'm trying to teach people how to be. Because we've been taught, nah, man, we can't chat about these things. We could only hit it at surface level. We need to understand that there are deep issues going on here, and the quicker we recognize that the quicker the healing process can start in it. Anyway, let me say no more, because I'm talking. No, I'm talking. no, no, it's, it's facts, straight facts. This, this is, this is, this is why like... it goes back to the justification, because they want that justification. They want it to be like, yeah. okay, you're free. Now we're acting, if we're acting all erratic and everything, and then they label us, we're thugs, we are, we're, we're, we're robbers, we're, 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 we're this, we're that. They want that justification that, oh, someone's died and, and they've died, you know, in, 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 in really... No, they've been lynched, right? They've been lynched and brutally murdered. Oh, my <laughs> gosh, like, that stuff can't really happen. No, mate, it's the justification aspect that you want from us. You're not... And, and I'm telling you now, you're not getting that. And if you're getting it from... A, and if you're getting it from a black person to be like, yeah, it's all just... Then that black person is just wrong on so many levels. Just because one black person will tell one white person something, okay? And, and then they expect, oh, well, he said that because another black person is telling you something else. Actually, collective, you have to think about the collective of, of, a, of, a, of, a, of a race as opposed to just the, the one singular person just saying something. And that, and that literally goes back to what, you know, to, to, to uh, what was, um, you know, what I was saying about that experience about me in school. Because what, you, you know, it, it, what ended up happening was that it was, you know, you know, um, Am I cool to carry on with that sometime? Yeah. It, it okay. What ended up happening was, was one day, you know, I, you know, every time I would, you know, stand up for something, you know, I would kind of be shut down and shut down. And then it would get to the point where, um, 
uh, I remember uh, that same person I was talking about who kept saying the N-word and whatnot, was, I remember he had paint and he went behind one of, my, one of my mates and he literally put all the paint on behind his back. And then my mate, who got up, who was, who was black, got up and was wanting to scrap him. And it was like, my mate was seen in the wrong. Oh, because you need to understand what this, the, the boy who's done that to you, you need to understand what he's going through. What about what we are going through? Or what we've been through? Is that, is that just thrown out of the window? So when I came into school, like maybe a couple of weeks later, and I remember that one kid got taken out, uh, who I was friends with, um, that other white kid, got taken out of the seat because I left all the, the black people on this one side of, well, all the black boys anyway, on this one side of the class being segregated from every other person. I was like, enough is enough. I stood up, I got up, and I went and I walked up to the, to the teacher and I was like, you know what, miss, you're racist. Little me, at 10, 9, what, oh, however old, I was like, no, you're racist. Cassie's going okay. to say, no, you're racist. And I kept walking straight to the front of the class. One of my friends who I've been, who I've been mates with ever since the acquired, I, I, still, I still have her number. She turned around, she spoke the other day. She turned around to me, she's like, go on, go on, whispered, go on. Right? And I was like, no, you're racist. I was like, how are you going to? And I explained that situation. Uh, and then she, the teacher said to the, to the TA, please go and get um, on call. On call comes into the class and I'm still, I'm still having a go. I'm like, how could, you, how could you do this? You're doing this, you're doing this. And I'm set, on call. They're like, Cash has come out. And then they literally physically got me. One arm, one arm, got me out. Right? And, 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 and they got me out of the class. And I was, you know, I'm like, get off me, get off me, you know. And they're like, no, we're taking you. And then they, like, they're restraining me as if, as, if I've, as if I'm being arrested. And I, and I was like, screaming you're hurting me and they said no we're not hurting you Cassius right okay goes back to when I'm saying if I'm telling you something and you want to believe otherwise your ignorance is playing on mad levels then and they got me into the into the uh this room next to the head teacher's office and the other person was in there she shut and locked the door I'm locked in there you know I couldn't come out and then I was screaming and everything um, and that's trauma. That's trauma for a, yeah. for a young person, especially at that age. And it goes back to what you were saying, Farmer, about how do you know all these words and where they? Because it's it's the social conditioning, and um, especially what Nate um, Smith was saying about you know the trauma, psychological trauma goes on for so long. You know, uh, slavery yeah. wasn't uh, where everything started for black people, where it was all going downhill. It was already going downhill before that, right? With your with all these um, all these. Uh, scouts that we learn about um, in, in school who were really good, like Francis Drake and uh, Christopher Columbus. No, they were actually bad people, right? Queen Elizabeth I, bad people, right? They didn't like black people. Mm -hmm. So the thing about it is, I like to say that after slavery, right? After slavery, that we know it, that they said it was ended, actually what happened was it didn't end. It just turned into a psychological warfare, as I was saying on part one. It's a psychological warfare where I can't physically kill you, so I have to do it privately. But on the on the on the on the on front where everyone else can see it, I'm gonna manipulate your people to hate each other so much over generations that you will kill each other. Which nicely brings me, okay, onto my second thing that I was yeah. um my second point if you don't mind me going on about Sunday. Please. And um you know, um after learning learning about all of these things and, and going through that trauma in school, you know, and you can only imagine how that ended up, you know, she got she got away with it. My teacher got away with it. But um, so I, I've grown up and I've understood, okay, right, I'm different in society. I'm a totally different person. And I, I, I have to accept that. But the thing is, they want you to accept it and leave it. I can I'll accept that I'm different to people, but I'm not going to accept 
that I'm subhuman or I have to just go along in the system to please the white man because at the end of the day I'm not here to please you I'm here to please the people who love me and I care about my community and my race and that's important and so I got stopped and searched by police and I thought you know at one one day this will happen class and actually it happened last year you know and I was um I was a child at the time under the under the law now um it's crazy because I remember how it happened that I was I remember I was going to play Love Supreme Festival I was um I was going to play that festival and I was playing on the Saturday but I was going down on the Friday night now I was waiting for my uncle because we were we, he was doing photography so we were both going to go down there so um and I had to go through like artist an artist way because I was playing and whatnot so I was waiting and I did I get to White City uh, Shepherd's Bush <laughs> Westfield right. Now, I've never been sorry, there before. Sorry, sorry. Two seconds. Before this story continues, can we just post sign White City for a minute? Can we just, I don't know, can we just put some light on that? White City? I just wanted to draw everyone's attention to the area. Is this where it happened, Cass? Is this where the where you've got something search in White City? Irony. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. a whole thing. Yeah. Like it's Very really, ironic. really is a whole thing. Very right? ironic. But sorry, Cass. Continue. Yep. That's okay. That's okay. You're all good. You're all good. Right. And um, I got. I remember. I'd never been there before. And I must have came out of one of the stations on the Central Line. I was going up. You know, walking all the way down the road, probably 15, 20 minutes until you get to that big roundabout before you get to uh, uh, Westfields. Now the thing is. I remember I was hungry. I wanted to eat. I had to wait for my uncle. He was a bit late. So I, I went around the other side where the bus station is and I was going up where all the restaurants were. Now, I, I had all my stuff with me. I had my bag. I had my sleeping bag because I was camping there as well. First time I'd done that. First time for everything. And uh, it's very ironic. <laughs> it's in, it was in White City, Shepherd's Bush. And also it was my first time going to that place, being Westbrook and also going to uh, play at uh, a fest- this, this festival, which is quite famous, last spring. Now, the thing is, massive. Well I, done there, uh, I was looking at the restaurants, looking at, me- yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went to look at the menu, didn't like that one. So I walked, stopped, looked at the menu, looked at the other one. I saw the police officers as I walked past. I was like, okay, cool, about four in the line. There was a lot of people. Then I walked to the other restaurant um, menu, had a look, didn't like it. I saw another four group of police officers three this time walked down and they one of them must have or two of them must have looked at me but i looked at them and i was like hold on before they looked at me i was like hold on i feel something here you know you can just feel some sort of mad aura and some sort of mad presence i was like uh-uh, something feels wrong and they walked right anyway so i i was like in my head i was thinking oh. I, I was, everything was all over the place so i kept walking i kept walking straight okay I turned right to go inside uh, uh, Westfields. And as I went up the escalator, okay, I looked right at the last possible moment before I couldn't see them. They were out of my viewpoint. I looked right, and then I saw them talking all collectively, and I was like, hold on, something feels fishy. I was like, I felt something, something towards me. Now, if, anyone, if I told anyone this and nothing else happened, they would call me crazy. But I'm going to enlighten you. I go inside of, um, you know, Westfields, I walk down, I was thinking, I was watching my back, I'm always going like this, I think, what the, what the hell is happening? I didn't know what was happening, because I felt something weird. Yeah. Then, I was, uh, I looked at this place, and it was like katsu curry, and I was like, hmm, I could possibly come back to that. I go up, I go up, 
serves where the Pizza Express is. So I don't know if you've been to White City Westfield, but uh, you know that whole big middle area. And I went up there. Yeah. You know, you had Nando's and you have like tiny uh-huh. restaurant down there. Then you have Pizza Express. Now I went, and then I went up the escalator, and I think I saw. I felt the, that presence. I felt was stronger. I go to Pizza Express. I didn't like exactly what I got. Didn't want it. So I went downstairs, but I knew. Hold on, I think I'm being followed. So I go, I go back downstairs, I wait in the line, and I genuinely thought I was being followed, right? I felt that. Then what happened, out of nowhere, two normal-looking people, dressed normally, they... Plain clothed. Excuse me, can you quickly follow me, please? Yep, undercover. With their, what with the their, with their stupid shorts and their, and their, um, uh, their, ear, their, ear, their earphones or whatnot. And then it's like, can you follow me? And I was like, smiled and looked, and I was like, yeah, cool. With my stuff, and I walked over. And then as I'm walking, they were like, uh, oh, let's, go, let's go over here. So they wanted to take me around to some next part, but I made sure I was in the What, where you can't be seen? And I, I said to the to one officer, exactly. Now, to the other officer, I was like, I knew this would happen. Okay. He looked at me so weird. He's like, as in, how did you know that this was going to happen? He's like, what? I knew this was going to happen. I said, I saw you police officers down there, right? I saw the group. I explained to him exactly what I've explained to you. And I said, when I saw those two groups of police, three police officers walk to the four police officers, who I initially walked past, what ended up happening in my mind was, right, they are looking at me. They're targeting me. Because they're just seeing some young black boy with his sleeping bag, his bag, and uh, some other things I had because I'm playing a festival. And he was like, oh, okay. He was caught shocked. He was caught off, off guard. Why? Because he didn't expect me at all, at all to know. And he started questioning me, oh, you know, you got all this stuff. We think you have a bomb inside of your uh, sleeping bag. I'm thinking, I'm you like, are lying. I'm, like, you know, I'm, I'm just old. I'm this old. I said, I'm just old. Okay. And I also said to them, I'm a musician. I'm a musician. I'm actually going to play a festival. Surprise. I was like, yes. <laughs> I'm going to play a festival. I am an artist. Yeah, and this is my sleeping bag. You know, if you want to have a look and you want to, you want to search, because they wanted to have a search, I was like, be my guest. That's a sleeping bag. This is my bag with all my other stuff. This is the stuff with all of the stuff I'm going to use when I'm playing. What else do you want? Now, the other guy was silent. He was short, but he was silent. In their normal clothes, I felt disgusted that they had the audacity, right, to, to, try, and, to try and radio call and everything to, to, to go follow this boy. He looks like this, he looks like this, and they literally searched for me until they could find me, okay? And they followed me up the stairs where the Pizza Express was. When I came back downstairs, that was a test. That is embarrassing. That was a test to see if I was being followed, and I was being followed. It was embarrassing. That's, 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 that's a mad, that's you know a mad one. That's a mad one. Oh, uh, Do you get I went to Gustin Breed this year. I went to Gustin this year, and... And, and whatnot. It's like in my head, I'm thinking, do I give a shit? No, I don't. But the thing is, I'm I'm entertaining in a sense because I know how I have to act in that situation mm. as a yeah, young yeah. black person. In well, and I'm glad you do because you can get yourself in some real trouble if you're acting straight. Exactly. Jeez. Not exactly. acting straight. Yeah, it's, it's, exactly. it's, it's outrageous. When I told my uncle, my uncle was living. He was livid, but I was like, listen, it's cool. And, and I deliberately didn't tell my mum for that whole weekend I was gone because I didn't want her to worry. When I got back home, I told her, and she was like, mum, you tell me before, you can imagine. And then she was like, no, you're right. So to all the young black 
king and queens who are watching this know your rights. Because if you don't know your rights, you're going to get used. And when you get used, you're going to feel every single thing that's built up in you and trauma from time, some time back that you don't even know. And it's going to come back. Clear. It's going to, I hate to say it, but it will bite you in the ass because you don't know how to deal with that. That, I think is I think is um I think I think as well I think is like um the mad thing with the police like our relationship with the police right now is non-existent. We just have to be honest. It's like I walk like I ain't done nothing. What have I done? <laughs> I'm walking. I see police and I feel anxious. Naturally, it's just a natural thing. Or I walk by. And it's like, let me just walk. Let me just walk. Let me just walk. Because I understand the way in which this whole thing is. You understand? Mm-hmm. And it's like, um, you know what? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That relationship is... Because when it comes to things like education and the different establishments, because I always see things from a macro point of view. A lot of the things I'm talking about are about society and systems in it, like education. That's how I choose to see things. Mm-hmm. I think big about how can, we, how can we do things that influence the next generation, not just... Not, not, I like to think big in it, but when it comes to that police question, that's a mazzer because yeah. I look at it and I think the next generation of police officers that's gonna take hundreds of years before there's any sort of like I don't know, I don't even know for pause the work. Like, when okay, so recently I remember there was lockdown and I saw um, in Birmingham the police officers tried to enforce lockdown on this group of young people, and then the young person started doing star jumps. I started doing star jumps and almost like leading a, um, a warm up. And he was like, All right, hi, these guys, hi, these. Then the police officer started laughing. I just allowed it. But when I first saw that video pop up on the timeline, I thought, Is it another video? Do you know what I mean? I thought, mm. Is this another yeah. video of a police officer yeah. doing a matting? And even seeing the police officer laugh, I kind of walked off. It was like, That weren't, it was like a record scratch. Like, that's not the ending I was expecting. Do you understand? Yeah. And I think, you know what? I think in all of this year, we just got to think like, what are we? You're never too young. You're never too young to actually yeah. be part of the solution. I, I think, think that's Cass, the thing that you're, I'm you're, to you're very highlight. You're very much highlighting that poignant statement. You're never too young. Yeah, definitely. You never shouldn't too young know. You shouldn't know that that feeling of being discriminated at such a young age. You shouldn't know it. Period. But yeah. To know it so young is mm-hmm. just... Mm-hmm. And this is, what, this is what I'm saying. This kind of goes back to what mm-hmm. I was saying earlier. That's, mm-hmm. This is why I feel like I've not, I'm not able to relate to it personally because I've not gone through that at such a young age. And when you've, I got, see police, you've got us old folk here just like, well, yeah. <laughs> let me tell you something. And like, you know, they come in like their big vans or whatever. And I don't know, I feel like maybe it's a part of like my mm. personality or who I am. But I kind of just smile. I don't know. No one does that. And a lot of people think I'm really weird for doing that. Like, I'll see a police officer and they could be looking at me, but mm. I just take off the and just, <laughs> hey. <laughs> and I just give them a little right. something to work with, you know what I mean? And then I walk on and half the time they smile back. <laughs> Man said, man said, give him something to work with. Give him something to work with. I am done. (laughs) You know what? You know what? You know what the thing is, though. But you know what? In actual fact, but that's an entirely separate convo, yeah? It's entirely separate convo. 
But the mad thing about that is, in the big scheme of things, that approach, obviously I'm not saying exactly that approach, because it sounds to me like you're saying you're moving to feds, isn't it? But, but, <laughs> that, but the fact that it breaks, it breaks, it breaks, it breaks the tension. I think, for, but for black people as well, for me as a black man, I think the first thing is when you feel you are at risk, your first instant is fight, fight or flight and defensive mode. And when you feel like you're being targeted, I think that's it. When you feel as if you're being targeted, you're in that defensive mode. I and that. I think what's, what's coming clear, perhaps, is Jamal, maybe you don't feel targeted, which is neither here or there. I wouldn't want you to feel targeted. Mm. I, like, I would rather have it where more people actually felt like you in terms of not I feeling feel mad, like... power around people. Yeah. At the same time, at the same time, we're not there, innit? So we got to think about, okay, how do we navigate you know this? What? So just, just to... Like... Go on, go for it. Sorry, no, I was just saying, I, I think this is really important. Do you know, that all, all of that, yeah, like that kind of fight or flight mindset and kind of that having that um, being so like, on defence all the time only goes back to the generational trauma you were talking about earlier. This goes back to how we were treated and how we've been conditioned, as Cass was saying, and what kind of, the kind of expectations that the white man essentially has of us. They essentially, like you said, you know, treating us like animals, they expect us to lash out in anger and, you know, be aggressive. And, you know, aggressive black man, we've all heard that. Or aggressive black woman. Yeah, rather. angry female. I know we've all heard yeah. that angry black females we've all heard mm. that even from within our own communities yeah. which is sad as fuck mm. can i just say mm. Mm. which is so so sad can i just but i just feel like we have mm. to break that you, you know? know another thing another thing to yeah right i just wanted to get on to 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 bliss now um in terms of like that fight or flight and you said when you was growing up hertfordshire did you say hearts hurts so i moved from kilburn so i grew up in kilburn then I moved from Kilburn to Hertfordshire, second, the secondary school in Hertfordshire. How, so in terms of that fight or flight, what, what kind of, were there any like moments, those trigger moments that, that came in and mm. kicked in that, that fight or flight for you when, whilst growing up there? Because obviously if you're, if you're there at, in, in secondary school, that's like high time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exper experiencing certain experiences and being exposed to the issues so um openly if you like what if you don't mind what what um... i think i was no i don't mind i think i think me i'm just casting my mind back to in hertfordshire everyone's very slick like slick with a tongue like it's like it's the it's the school of sarcasm like when i moved from london to hertfordshire i was like flipping now but a lot of people were racist a lot of people were racist in Hertfordshire because they didn't even know any different. Like, I was the only black guy in secondary school and they would say things which were outlandish. Like, you know, I think when I moved there, it was like, oh, it was like 50 cent me and my cousin and just ridiculous stuff that at the time, I even Jesus. found it comical and outrageous. And oh. I, would get, I would get angry and even see the ridiculousness of it thinking like, Is, are you that? Are you that stupid? Yeah. What I started realising was it was like, they were ignorant. They weren't educated. And I think with the police officers, I think with police, I was raised to almost be wary of police. That was just normal. Like, if you're a black kid, 
you don't police aren't for you police are for everyone else like some people would see the police and feel safe like for me it's mad like some people are like, oh, the police are here <sighs> i'm not the, i was like the police are here <sighs> do you know do you understand it's like yeah you know that's the way it was societally and that's the historic relationship i think um for me um the racism was so frequent at, school i can't even think of an individual scenario okay when it came to banter for example like i might be bantering someone because i was i would banter people all the time i didn't care that i was only like and I, was, I was still like i was out there like, i was still like i'm like yeah man i'm swinging That's i'm good. swinging no. so i would be bantering now i would be bantering saying something but then they would go into like yeah but what, but what are your prospects in life um what are the chances what are the chances of you doing it you know um people like you where do mm. you guys end up where do you guys end up? Because this is secondary school. Secondary school is the is the is the craziest place for this sort of stuff. Like the cusses that wow. happen in secondary school, there's no filter. So I got in fights. Yeah. I got in fights. I, I got you I got in fights. I got in scenarios where I just said, you know what? I don't have a comeback, so I'm gonna punch you in the face. <laughs> um I, <laughs> I just gotta be real. This is real. This is just me being honest. I love that. So that was that was so that was me. I was like, I've not got a comeback. But that was man. That was mad what he said. So I'm gonna deal with you, and then I got in trouble. <laughs> but the mad thing is, like, even in 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 felon, like in misdemeanors. I remember growing up, we were we were cheeky kids. So like, even stuff that even stuff that I wasn't meant to do, the sanctions that I got were a lot heavier. Mm. I remember when we we all we all went into um. Let me just say, it. we all went into Morrison's, and we were just stealing. All of us to steal black, white, all of us in in Hertfordshire. But me. The mad thing is, I remember when I got caught, what happened, how I was dealt with. I remember some other people that got caught and how they were dealt with. But the reality is, I was in the wrong. But the way I was treated, in terms of being wrong, was still heightened. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think that's something that we, um, that's something we, yeah. we, we have to deal with as well. But Wait, wait, wait. Morrison. Then I went to work there. Are you talking, talking well Garden City, Morrison? Got, yeah, the big one. I got barred from there. <laughs> I got barred from there, but then I worked there the next year, so... That is they, true! They, I think they thought we all looked the same, so maybe, you know, I was <laughs> someone else. They didn't recognise you. <laughs> so in terms of just to wrap this up, guys, because I know I've, I've, I've been blessed with your time. Um, what do you think, and I'm just posing it out there, it is that, that difficult question to ask, but... Is there a solution? I know we've kind of like, we've thought about the process and like what has led us to this point, but have is there a solution, do you think? Do you think there is a, a solution that we're just trying to get out there, but they're being ignorant to really just deep? What What is it? Well, I would ask you, Sam, a solution to what? Can I go to, to all the, to, to, so many, because, well, so many. Well, Bliss has kind of touched on it. He was saying, like, in terms of generations, we're kind of infiltrating now and we're doing our yeah. bit. And I think through time, definitely, you're going to see less of that. So, like, hands down, I, I'm, I'm with um, Bliss on that one. But it's like, uh, is, there, is there, like, is there something that's just going to lock this off? Lock off racism, lock off um, police brutality in particular? I what, feel like there is, is the, you know. What is it for you? For me, it's it's about beating those expectations and ideologies 
across generations and each time I feel like each generation they should meet those kind of um like the you know the kind of expectations I was literally just talking about you know being the angry black uh mm. male or female you know being aggressive um lashing out in violence you know um irrational stuff like that it's, it's about it's about teaching future generations to really not be like that from like they deep like do you know what I mean from their I true hearts of hearts cash like, said in really the last <clears throat> sorry sorry um Jamal, go for it. No, it's cool. It's cool. No, I was just saying, like, you know, I just feel like it's about beating those expectations and getting all, you know, our kids and their kids da, 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 to start really actually going about things differently. And, you know, going back to, like, um, what Bliss was saying about feeling anxious when you see the police and stuff like that, it's, I, I feel like that obviously comes from a place of fear, which is understandable given everything that's going on and everyone's individual like personal experiences but I do feel like we need to start teaching people to stop don't live in that fair if you see a police officer or you see a group of police yeah the minute that I believe the instant you kind of absorb that fearful energy and you take that on you are instantly emitting negative and you are manifesting negative things to happen to you in that kind of sense do you know what I said that in the last you said that roughly in the last um podcast um basically what I think okay I don't think that the solution is hard I think it's hard in the western world that's what I think the solution is hard in the western world but to all of us as black people I don't think the solution is hard yeah and I'm going to tell you very quickly I don't think for a single second I've come, I've come to I've come to understand, okay, and I'm still understanding more, you know, uh, you know, reading and uh, experiencing things, watching things, that we as black people cannot come to always try and make the white man happy. Because if we try and make the white man happy, we're all gonna still be in the system. And that is a Western world ideology. It's been like that for centuries, fact, period. What we need to do as, as black people African diaspora across the whole world. We have to start within, as I was saying in the last podcast, we need to start within, okay, and we need to be like, you know what? This this brother, this sister, regardless of what gender, what creed, what culture, sub subculture, whatnot, I love you. When you start spreading that love about, you start to understand, right, okay, cool. Look back into where you come from. You look back into your heritage. You look, you go so deep. If you, if, if, if sadly it's cut and you can't, re, you can't look back as, as far, but you, you go and say, oh, do you know what? I like this culture. I don't know, Eritrea or Ethiopia or Chad, Central African Republic, Togo, wherever. And you go back to, you go back to the, the heart of the motherland. You go to the motherland and you start to invest. You start to invest. And you love your own people, okay? You don't try and say that, oh, I'm, I'm like when I was in school, I had a lot of um, African brothers and sisters wanting just to say, oh, I'm Jamaican, I'm Jamaican, mm. it's really cool, I'm Jamaican, and, and whatnot. You know, and now I've come to understand that's just social, condi- social conditioning and ignorance. Now, we as a people need to appreciate where we come from. We need to invest in where we come from. And what that will happen, what will happen is, is the, the economic structure of sub-Saharan black Africa 
will inevitably change. I'm talking celebrities. I'm talking people who are not famous. I'm talking um, all doctors, nurses. We have so much back there and we are so much out in the world helping the Western world who don't give a shit about us. We need to go back there. We need to go and do that. Because, if, if, because, because for me, once, once God's willing, once I'm established, that's what I'm going to do. When I want to have kids, that's where they're going to be. They're going to be in that system. I've been to Ghana like maybe 10, 15 times. I've been blessed to go, have gone so many times to understand my culture. When you give them, when you have a child born in, in a society like that and they see around them like-minded people like, and, like, and, and people who look like them, that will change the psychological aspect in your brain and that will enable change for generations and generations. But that's because within a certain, that's within a certain place though. That's within a certain area. So what I'm trying to say is right now in like, in this country, mm. in America, because what, what, what I feel like mm. that is, mm. and although I, I totally deep mm. the, 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 the sentiment there, it sounds like go back to your home, go back home. Mm. Let's just yeah. go to bliss. Um, how how do you uh, how do you feel like? What what's the the solution? I think I think um, I think to agree to echo what some of um, what 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 Cass said. I think some of it is is work that needs to be internal. I think a lot of it is internal work um, in terms of um, understanding we're not who we're not who we've been made out to be. We need to understand who yeah, we really are. Exactly. Um, exactly. And then recognize and recognize have dignity. Like recognize our dignity, recognize our value, recognizing our worth. Beyond even um phrases and statements, I think there's a lot I'm just gonna say there's a lot of people that call themselves kings who don't really think they're kings. Because if they did, they would carry themselves That's like kings. Uh, yeah. So so it's like, okay, now so we're at the very early stage. Usually the way movements start, you're at a very early stage, like, okay, mm. we're calling this, okay, kings and queens, but do you actually think you're kings and queens? Um, when you're standing, when you're going for that job, do you feel within yourself that you are just as good, if not as effective as the other candidates there? Do you hold yourself in your space as if you deserve to be there? Do you still feel inferior um, mm. going in, going to speak to, um, I don't know, senior management or, 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 mm. or speak to someone of, of power? Do you still feel inferior? Do you still feel less than? Are you still holding on to the, um, the ways you've been treated? Are we still holding on to that? And are we actually infiltrating these spaces and setting an example? I don't believe the whole notion that if you're black, you need to work six times as hard. I think that does damage. I actually think oh my God, when yeah. you perpetuate that, that, that puts a pressure on you as a black man or, or, or black woman to just not be free and not be human. It's almost like, oh, we have to be 10 times as good. You know, I think, that was um, the previous generation's um, mantra because they just wanted to get in. They just wanted to get in. So now that we're in, we need to think about how do we become healthy people and a healthy community? The, the key really, on a wide scale, on a wide scale, some sort of um, like, like a family unit, a community. Like we, we need to actually be healthy people. It's mad when I say this because the reality is there are a lot of social economic issues that stem from the, the home. Like if you look at austerity, if you look at poverty, lack of money, lack of social care, and those things, a host of issues stem from there. It's almost like um, if we can really beef up that side of things, 
will start to see more model citizens and more healthy examples and more people in positions of... I mean, if there was 10 me's in like flipping colleges all around East London, the 10 me's, and then there was 20 Santanas. Do you know, do you know, like, you need to understand, like, representation matters. And that's the beginning because you people look up to people who are leaders. People look up to people who are leaders. And we actually need more of that so people can say, oh, wow, I could, yeah, I could do that. I could do that. We, we, we have examples in popular culture. I remember growing up, I used to watch my wife and kids and think, flipping hell, I wish I had a... Like, you know, like, what I'm saying is, do we have examples of, like, how to, like, flourish, how yeah. to flourish in this country? Yeah. And um, I do think to, to say, I do think that there's a lot of reasons why that's not the case, that, are, that have nothing to do with us, the way we're treated, um, the way our relationship with the police, our relationship with all sorts of things. But as we are no longer victims, as we are no longer victims, the, 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 the day of saying, you guys owe us something, it's over. It's not, we're not there. You guys owe us something. You really think you're going to, you going to get it? No, you're not going to get it. So it's like, <laughs> so you're not going to get it. So we need to yeah, do exactly, the healing. That's, that's exactly what I was saying. We need to do the healing because, yeah, I think you're right, Cass. Yeah. I think you were kind of alluded to the whole, we need to heal. I think we need to intentionally heal. Yeah. So you know when people start talking, you see black men talking about therapy and they're shying away from the subject saying, no, I don't know about therapy. I'm like, brother, you're in trauma, my brother. You're in trauma, my brother. You saw your friend, you saw your friend get stabbed when you were 13. You saw this, you saw this. You've been stopped and searched five times. Brother, you're traumatized. Go get help. Yeah. We need to start pushing the narrative, you understand, and healing, healing yeah. as a people. So that's what I'll say. I'm going to leave it there. That is super poignant. And I'm going to continue having this conversation. I'm going to continue working out what this solution is. I think we've we've come close to it. And I know me and Bliss, we've been having conversations about how to actively as a team do our bit and we're going to continue to do that and I know I said off camera as well like this is why I'm doing this I'm filming this I'm going to put this out on obviously um other um, platforms but I just want to I know that the internet is going to last longer than my, myself and I want my the generations after me, my my yeah. kids, kids kids I want them to see this and see that you know we did something we were we were make, taking that stand um so yeah man i really appreciate all you guys for coming on black lively yes i said it black kings because I, I hear what you're saying oh. bliss but that's i value you as that so that's why you're here talking with okay. um okay. lively <laughs> um, thank you for coming on yeah we appreciate Jeez. that that is so here's the tea guys and yeah dm dm me socials are about what do you think what do you feel for now take care love peace light and vibrations take care lively <laughs>